It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calger, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-23. 2-3-2-8. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And make sure you tune in uh, next time for a special uh, announcement about Sal's. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Title Bow Championship computer game. Download your copy today. Visit our website billycboxing.com and click on the title bout banner uh today's show is also being brought to us in part by uh, our 24 hour seven day a week boxing channel that's right you can watch it on all the major streaming devices like roku uh just visit ginecousa.com and sign up today it's for free catch all of our shows you can also watch them on your smart tvs through youtube check it out man i mean uh, uh i didn't even realize that and i was uh watching uh, some old shows last week. Also, today's show is being brought to us in part by Kenny Bear's Barbecue Rub and their new line of stuff. Uh, Order yourself a bottle now, southerngourmetspice.com, southerngourmetspice.com. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. Get a copy of this book right now. You can get one by visiting uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you want a signed copy or want something special, just drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. By the way, you can order the book, too, right uh, from our website, billycboxing.com. We got the crew coming on a little bit later. Um, I wanted to talk uh, about the two fights, uh, uh, Jaime Mugaya. Uh, and uh, uh, Spike O'Sullivan in their fight, and then, of course, uh, Joe Smith Jr. against Jesse Hart. First and foremost, uh, I'll give you my quick thoughts on the uh, Mugai fight. Um, Mugai looked good. You know, a couple weeks ago they were saying, oh, he looks, he, he's got speed. All of a sudden he's got speed. And I was critical on this very show, uh, saying that, uh, hey, what, do you, what do you mean, you know, he gained speed? He did. I tell you what, um, the addition of uh, uh, Eric Morales, uh, I think, is is proven to uh, be a smart move for, for Jaime. I thought that uh, he did look faster. Um, I think he's definitely more comfortable at this weight. And, um, I, I mean, you know, his movement was there. That jab was gorgeous. Um, I think that... Uh, he still needs to work on his defense. He did move around a little bit more head movement-wise, uh, but he still took way too many shots in case you missed it. 
He uh, stopped uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan at 2 minutes and 17 seconds of the 11th round. Um, he improves, uh, Mugaya improves to 35-0 and 0 with 28 knockouts. Uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan drops to 30 wins, 4 losses, uh, with 21 of his uh, wins coming by knockout. Um, at the end of the fight, uh, Mugaya said, this was a new division for me. I felt stronger and with more conditioning. Uh, I just needed to adjust my speed to fully... Uh, be comfortable. I would give my performance a seven or an eight because I needed to do a few more things, but we will get there uh, fight by fight. I was confused about whether to attack or not to attack. Sometimes I thought I had to attack, but I didn't. But thanks to my corner and Eric Morales, I was able to get him. On the last rounds, uh, I was more attentive, even though I still got punched a few times. Um, he also said that he wants to fight the best of the division, a la Canelo Alvarez, Triple G. Or the Charlos, uh, he says uh, he knows they have more experience, but he looks forward to those fights. I see him at some point, if he continues moving upward, um, to uh, to get a showdown with Canelo down the road. I don't think soon. But the fight I would love to see, Charlo. Let him fight Charlo. I, I would love that fight. That, that fight would prove a lot for Charlo. But I, I just don't think Charlo has the you-know-whats uh, to step in the ring. Uh, with uh, Jaime Mugaya. Um, uh, as far as uh, looking at those uh, two fighters, you know, I, I had predicted, neither, although I didn't say it on the show, I had predicted Mugaya to win the fight. Uh, when you look at his uh, resume, he's still only 23 years old. He won uh, five of his last fights, six fights going into this one against good opposition. Uh, some wins against Dennis Hogan, Takeshi Anu. Uh, uh, Brandon Cook, Liam Smith, and Sadan Mali. Gary Sullivan, tough guy. Give him credit. Uh, 30 wins and now four losses. But previously, the other two, uh, the other three losses, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, he went to distance with, and he was stopped by Lemieux and uh, Chris Eubank Jr. Um, you know, I, uh, I, O'Sullivan's a, a tough guy. You know, Mugaya um, uh, got penalized for uh, hitting below the belt. Um, in that in that fight, O'Sullivan was doing a lot of complaining, but O'Sullivan did land a couple of shots. Mugai's got to tighten up his defense. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. Uh, clearly, has to tighten up his defense uh, if he wants to uh, compete with the names that he's thrown around. Although I think he destroys Charlo right now, right now. As you know, I I, I you know I don't think much of uh, of Charlo, you know. But uh, uh, in any event, uh, in the other big fight. Last night uh, in the light heavyweight division, Joe Smith Jr. improved to 25-3 uh, and three with 20 knockouts uh, as uh, he dominated Jesse Hart. Hart drops his third fight of his career. He's now 26-3. and three. Uh, was in Atlantic City. It was a 10-round fight. Um, you know, Joe Smith Jr. Uh, basically attacked um, Jesse Hart. Um, you know, when I—Jesse Hart— um, Early in his career was was in there with some tough guys, uh, but not so much uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, his two losses going into this fight were both against uh, Gilberto Ramirez. Uh, Joe Smith, on the other hand, had a couple of big wins uh, going back to 2015. Will Rowinski, Fabian Sores, uh, Andres Fonfaro when he was hot, and he retired Bernard Hopkins with a stoppage in the eighth round. Uh, his last three fights... Uh, he's one and two. He lost to Bivol and Sullivan Barrera. 
but uh, he didn't lose to uh, Jesse Hart last night. I, you know, Jesse Hart really aggravated me. I I thought that it would be uh, uh, a very uh, uh, you know, back and forth fight. I, I was leaning towards Joe Smith Jr., uh, but I thought it would be a back and forth fight. It, it wasn't. Hart was holding on. I, I mean, this was this was a joke. Uh, you know, I, I mean, the way he was holding on. You know, he should have been deducted a point. I was a little, uh, uh, you know, disgusted with Harvey Doc for not, uh, uh, you know, deducting a point uh, from uh, from him. It, it was excessive. It was excessive. You know, I, I can understand uh, getting in trouble and, and holding on. I, I think any referee would allow that. Um, but uh, but this guy was clearly running hard, I'm talking about, clearly running. And any time he was caught up to by Joe Smith Jr., he, he literally put him in a bear hug. And he wasn't warned once about it. You know, it, it bothered me. It bothered me that, uh, that he did that. Um, you know, I... At some point, you know, I don't want to sound, you know, like I want to see a, a, a knockout, drag out, a knockdown, drag out, you know, brutal affair every time. Uh, but you know what? You, you need to you need to see it uh, in, in fights at a, at occasionally. And what you don't need to see is a runner from the get-go. And that's what Jesse Hart was. I mean, this was a big fight for him. He worked with B-Hop. It was a lot of pride. It was, this was a, a, a big fight for both of them, as it appears that uh, the, uh, the winner, in this case Joe Smith Jr., um, would be uh, uh, getting uh, a shot at the WBO title that was vacated by Canelo Alvarez, who won it from Sergey Kovalev. Uh, but uh, at the end of the night, Joe Smith Jr., who dominated this fight, wins a split decision. I, I mean, I, I, you know, this is what's wrong with boxing. You know, uh, Joe Smith Jr. dominated this fight. Uh, you know, uh, there was another, there was one knockdown, official knockdown, but there was another one where um, uh, uh, Hart, you know, I, I thought should have it should have been called a knockdown. I mean, uh, he was, you know, in Dream Street, and the ropes were keeping him up, in my opinion. At the end of the night, uh, two judges had it one-sided. One judge saw it 97-92. Uh, the other had it 98-91, which is pretty much how I scored it. Uh, and then the third judge. If this guy wasn't paid off, well, either that or he should never be allowed to judge a fight again because he doesn't know what the hell he's looking at. He scores the fight 95-94 for Jesse Hart. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can come up with that score. I don't care where you were, uh, and, and, you know, as far as which side of the ring you were on, the three spots that the judges sit at. I don't care where you were. There was no way, no way that Jesse Hart was even close, close. Uh, even if you scored the fight close, how do you lean towards Jesse Hart? Even if you scored the fight the same way, for uh, for Joe Smith Jr., I would still be critical, but at least you got the right side right. This guy goes and scores it for Hart. I I, I just I, I I was shocked. I was shocked in that. Um, you know, Smith handled it uh, pretty well uh, at the end. Um, I got an email from my man Mitch. He says uh, uh, from Jesse Hart. Uh, the title of his email says, "I don't want to make excuses, but." And Jesse Hart said uh, after the fight, "I hurt my hand a week ago." 
Uh, you can see it's messed up. I don't want to make any excuses because Joe fought a great fight, but I hurt my hand in my last sparring session and thought I could overcome it. Credit to Joe for doing what he had to do. That's not giving credit to, to, to Joe Smith Jr., I'm sorry. That's Jesse Hart punking out, making an excuse. There's no way you can get around it. He made an excuse, okay? And and, and it drives me insane. You know, something that I really it flew under the radar for me for years was the fact that Tommy Hearns broke his hand against Marvin Hagler in probably the best three rounds of live boxing that I ever witnessed live, you know, watching it uh, unfold in front of me. Um, I, you know, but, and I never knew it. I, I never knew that he, that he broke his hand because he never said a word about it. And, you know, he felt that, uh, Hagler deserved the credit that night, regardless of what the outcome was and let him get the credit and, uh, handled it like a man. All these fighters today that start off with the, I don't want to make excuses, but <laughs> means an excuse is coming. I mean, I, no matter how you slice it, an excuse is coming. You know, and it's it's very disheartening to me, you know, to see uh, and listen to a fighter uh, do that. Uh, it's uh, it, it's sad. It's sad because in this particular fight, I, I mean, you know, he got battered around. He was holding. I mean, I, you know, the the truth of the matter is, is he lost a fight and he should have just, um, you know, took it uh, the way a man would take it, a way a fighter should take it. I don't want to make excuses, but... Uh, I uh, uh, I hurt my hand in sparring. If if you get injured in boxing, and you know it, it's going to prevent you from being a hundred percent in uh, uh, in your fight, there, there's an easy solution. You know what it is? Don't fight. I mean, you know, yeah, you might upset a promoter, you might upset some of the fans, but if you're in a position where you're going to be endangered. And if you if you clearly had an unusable hand, which I got news for you, never never looked that way to me during the fight. Uh, but uh, if that's the case, don't fight. You know, I don't want to make an excuse, but you know, I broke my hand in sparring. Give, give me a break. He was battered, and he was scared. He was holding on. All the credit in the world goes to uh, Joe Smith Jr. Joining me right now, my main man from the warm south, uh, Rocky Senecola. What's up, Sal? Hey, good morning, Billy. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing well. Uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, we're talking about the two big fights last night. Uh, Mugaya stops uh, Spike O'Sullivan. I thought he looked fantastic, to tell you the truth. I, I was critical. I started the show saying, you know, uh, for the last two weeks, I was critical of some of the comments that were uh, released from his camp saying, oh, he's faster. And I, I said, oh, yeah, how does he... How does he become quicker? He looked faster. He looked good. What was your thoughts? I thought he looked great. I thought, uh, you know, I'll tell you, he, uh, he was pretty sharp. And um, I'll tell you, it was just a matter of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, it was just a, it was a good fight. He did better than I thought. He was pretty quick. And he, I liked how he landed that hook off the jet a lot. And uh, things like that. He he ran a couple good shots. Yeah, well, how about his jab? His jab looked uh, really well, and Eric Morales in his corner. I think it 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 showed in the fight. Oh yeah, yeah. His jab was sharp, very sharp, and I was pretty happy with that too. He uh, definitely he's a, he he was a, doing a great job last night. 
You know, uh, the other thing I, I thought, Sal, and, and I made a comment about it, I, I think, you know, I, I think he's, you know, he's only 23 years old, and I think he's, uh, uh, you know, becoming a, a very good fighter. Um, one thing I, I really, and I've been saying this for a, a while, and if he doesn't fix it, uh, his career is going to be short-lived, but he needs to tighten up his defense. He takes too many shots. Yeah. And I think if and I yeah. think he's trying because he did move his head a little bit. I, I don't recall him moving his head much at all prior to last night. Uh, but uh, you know, how does a fighter who's because you were an aggressive fighter, um, you know, wanting to take your opponent's head off? How, how do you learn to uh, think about not getting hit? How, how does because obviously if you're an aggressor and and you're you're you know used to knocking people out. Um, you know, you have a tendency to, to forget the fundamentals of, of moving your head or, or fighting defensively. How do you teach a guy that? Well, and that's just something. It's more or less innate in a sense. But, you know, you could slip a punch. You could, you could faint with your head. And that's what I saw last night for the first time. I saw him faint a little bit. And, um, you know, you draw them in by fainting. And uh, you counter at that time. So... You know, I saw that, and that was uh, more evident than I have ever seen. So it was uh, it was really neat to well, I can do it. I do give O'Sullivan credit. He's a tough character. I did think he was crying a little bit, uh, complaining about everything. But uh, uh, he is a tough guy. I, I give him credit. He could have he could have uh, stopped the action a lot sooner than than going as far as he did. Yeah, I couldn't believe uh, he let it go that far because, you know, Spike O'Sullivan, he only had his moments, but he, he was clearly losing the fight. And um, I think that uh, he had it, like I said, he had his moments, but uh, clearly uh, uh, he was uh, on the short end of the stick when it came to the majority of the round going his way. Um, Joe Smith Jr., uh, I thought, you know, gave uh, Jesse Hart a, a lesson, uh, maybe not so much in the finesse aspect, but he certainly attacked him all night long. And he gets a split decision. What What was your thoughts on the one judge? I mean, 98-91 and 97-92, totally legit scores for Smith Jr. And then the one judge scored at 95-94 for Jesse Hart. What What'd you think of that? Yeah, I was very surprised at that, and I'll tell you. Um, hey, Bill, can you hear me well? Because I just got I a hear, comment. I hear you fine. I so, hear you fine. Okay, great. Okay, so anyway, uh, Joe Smith, uh, Jesse Hart had his moments. I, I was impressed. I liked the hook off the jab that Jesse caught him with. Um, sometimes he caught him with a good right hand. Um, he just didn't have enough uh, power behind the punches to really deter uh, Joe Smith. Joe Smith was a 100% aggressor coming forward, dishing it out, and uh, he left himself open quite a bit, though, and, and he's got to, like we said, got to be careful in the future. Well, I, in in the Smith fight, I, Hart was holding on so much. I, I, I was throwing things at my TV because I, I couldn't believe that he wasn't warned at all and, and he had a really good uh, referee, one of the best in the business, and Harvey Dock in there. And uh, I, uh, uh, I was surprised that, that Hart didn't get at least warned. I mean, he was running, uh, just literally running 
away from from Joe Smith Jr. And when Smith would finally get him against the ropes or in a corner, he latched onto him with a bear hug. I mean, it it, it was annoying as as a fan watching the fight. I mean, what was it doing to you? Well, I, I think you're right because he, he just hung on for life. He wanted to survive. But like like uh, like we saw, I no way no way could have given that fight to Jesse Hart. And um, I don't know what that one. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what that one judge was looking at, but uh, uh, it was uh, it was pretty sad. Um, anyway, back to the Mugaya fight with uh, O'Sullivan. I know we're jumping around here. Uh, but, uh, you know, he says he wants to fight the best in the division. Uh, he threw out Canelo's name, Triple G, or the Charlo brothers. I, I, you know, I would love to see him fight those top guys. I don't think he's really ready yet. But one fight I really would like to see is for him to fight Charlo. I, I think Charlo is totally yeah. overrated, and I think Mugaya would destroy him. Oh, Mugaya, let me tell you, he, uh, he's a tough son of a gun. He's a tough out. you uh, you got to be careful. Uh, he he impressed me one hundred percent. He really did a great job. Yeah. So and, what? Did, uh, so yeah. so we're talking about um, oh, we're talking about Mugai again. What what do you did you see any? I, I know you were a big Eric Morales fan. Did you see any Eric Morales in his fight? I I I didn't, but I I thought that the the intelligence of Morales has helped him. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely, it has helped a lot. But uh, you know, I thought that uh, he just outboxed him, outclassed him. But uh, yeah, he, he he was good. I I enjoyed the, the fight very much. Um, one other thing, I'll get your thoughts on. Um, uh, we also uh, uh, well, we know about the fight between um, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. That's coming up. Will be on uh, pay per view in February, but. Uh, it looks like uh, Anthony Joshua and Kubot Pulov uh, will be uh, the next fight for AJ. Uh, there was uh, uh, some threats from uh, the WBO about Usyk, um, but uh, I have a feeling that Usyk uh, may be going a, a different route uh, prior to and let Anthony Joshua fight Pulev for that mandatory uh, for the IBF and then come back and fight Usyk next. Um, what's your thoughts against uh, Pulev? He's he's a type of fighter that is very strong and does have power, uh, but a good boxer generally uh, has his way with him. It was actually um, his fight against Klitschko that I, I saw the version of Klitschko I wish we saw for his whole career. He was uh, absolutely a, a attacking mode and, and destroyed Pulev. Um, what's your thoughts on Pulev, AJ? I'll tell you, uh, I hate to say this, but I, I think AJ, AJ's got to really uh, prove something coming back and see if he can withstand uh, arsenal of, of attacks and uh, and his chin can take it. I'm, I'm concerned about AJ. Cause he, he get we're very hurt after he got hurt last time. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what's left and. Um, but I think uh, I think it's going to be a decent fight. It should be. Well, I hope so. Sal, I appreciate your thoughts, and uh, we'll be looking forward to you next week. Hey, man, you take good care. Uh, 
hello to everybody, and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. Take That's uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, and like I said, uh, make sure you uh, uh, tune in next week. I, I have uh, uh, an announcement I'm going to be making uh, about uh, uh, Sal and his place and uh, some uh, some stuff that uh, we've been working on. So uh, make sure you're uh, you're here next next time. But uh, in any event, um, yeah, you know, I I I just. You know, I, I just, it bothers me to see, um, you know, to see one judge so out of whack uh, on on that whole thing because um, it just, t- to me, it's a shame that, you know, a fighter like uh, Joe Smith Jr. even had to worry about what that decision was going to be uh, because, uh, and, and even his corner was saying it to him. Even his corner was saying it to him, you know. But uh, in any event, joining me right now, we'll get his thoughts on both of those big fights, and he'll give us his uh, report. He was live for the Clarissa Shields fight. Uh, Dax Khan's with us. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. Um, all right, first and foremost, uh, uh, Mugaya uh, against uh, Spike O'Sullivan uh, takes a, uh, a knockout win, 2 minutes and 17 seconds of the 11th. I, I got to be honest with you, Dax. You know, I, I saw you know some of uh, some of your thoughts uh, uh, during the fight, and uh, uh, I I I think that Mugai looked good. I, I thought that um, he looked uh, he looked good. I, I actually think that he did get faster, which last week I was laughing at. I was like, ah, ha, ha, how does somebody get faster? But he did. You know, I'd like to see a little more uh, defense out of him. But uh, I like what I saw. What, what's your thoughts of the fight? I've always liked him, you know, you know. I've always been a fan of the kid, you know that. But um, he um, he just needs to improve some of these flaws. Uh, you know, what I see is somebody who got a world title when he wasn't ready to get a world title, which is a problem in the sport because world titles are in the abundance. Now, with that being said, uh, you know, yes, he has really improved on that jab. Um, we know that he's strong. He's not really a uh, knockout artist. He has to get his guys with some accumulation. Um, you know, it's in my opinion, Bill, they need to pull the reins back on him, and they more or less kind of need to rebuild him. If Spike O'Sullivan, who's a tough guy but limited, can land some clean, hard shots on Mugaya, a few times he buzzed him because Mugaya loses his focus, he reverts back to what he knows best, and that's just come forward. This division is not... The 154-pound division, he really needs, his team really needs to get him to understand that. Top guys in this division, and again, because he's already won that world title, he's going to be expected to face nothing but the top names. He is not going to be able to go in there against a, um, an Andre, a, a Eubank Jr., um, a Charlo, or um, a Sergei Derevchenko, using this style and reverting back to what he knows best. Because these guys are not only are they world-class boxers, but they have some serious power of their own. So I think Mungaya needs to go back, and they have to have him fight some guys in the lower tier, you know, some solid journeymen, kind of rebuild him, what they should have been doing early on. I know that despite the amount of fights he has, a lot of those fights were not against the world-class, you know, they were down in Mexico. So in my opinion, that's what needs to happen for uh, Jaime Mungaya if he's going to be expected to be up there and compete with that top level. Or he's going to end up more or less a poor man's Fernando Vargas. You know, I, 
I think he, there's no question that his defense has to be worked on. He takes too many shots. But, I, you know, I, I guess I disagree to a, to a sense. I, I think he destroys Charlo. I, I really do. I think he destroys Charlo. Charlo um, is, a, is a fighter that looks the part. Uh, but th neither one of them is, is, is that great. I, I'm just I haven't seen them prove it. They they haven't fought anybody good enough. So I I would like to see that fight. As far as him being ready for the other top dogs of the division, I'm with you 100. percent A Canelo or a Triple G, uh, and you mentioned uh, Devoranchenko, a, a guy that's still being forgotten about. Great great analogy right, there right. because yeah, I mean yeah, no Devoranchenko, he if he can take Triple G shots all night, he's gonna be able to take Mungaya shots. Exactly. No, no, no. I'm I, I'm with you there, and I and I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him. Uh, you know, fight another uh, another guy like that uh, first. But you know, if he does have to maintain title uh, approaches or what have you, I, I I would love to see him fight Charlo. I like the fight, and I think that he's ready for that. I, I don't think Charlo brings anything that uh, uh, would uh, would. The problem with this kid is he takes too many shots. And you're right if he if he if he doesn't tighten up his defense, at least moving his head. But it was a little better. I did see some head movement in his fight, Dax. Yeah, a little bit, you know, again, because like I'm stating, I'm not trying to bash the kid. It's just that this division is at another level. As we talk about all the time, this sport has levels and he's just not going to be at that level in this division because of how good the other guys are. It's not an insult to Mungaya. It's more or less just, you know, this is a better division with bigger, harder punchers. What I would like to do again, see him rebuild a little bit, have them fix some of these flaws, have them find guys where can give him a little bit of resistance, but you know, he can, they can kind of keep him defensively responsible, let him not revert back to his old ways and a good matchup for him before he fights a, a Charlo or a Eubank Andre or or so on, is um, uh, Royota Murata, the WBA regular champion, if they insist on going for a belt, who has a very similar style. And I think that would be a great fight. And then and then if he gets past that, then Mungaya will be ready for the other guys. Right now, I just think it's bad news for him. He's young. Remember, he's young. 23. That was the other thing, you know. So it was a good uh, Fernando Vargas uh, comparison. But uh, Joe Smith Jr., uh, had attack on his mind, and uh, he fought Jesse Hart. I, I picked Joe Smith to win the fight, but I thought it was going to be a, a lot more back and forth than it was. Jesse Hart basically ran all night and held them like they were lovers. Uh, what was your thoughts on that fight? Well, that's two Philly fighters who said they were going to beat up and dispose of Joe Smith Jr. and didn't work out, and one was actually there to avenge the other. Sometimes you just let your hands do your talking instead of your mouth, huh? Right. <laughs> but uh, that, that split decision, come on, man. Really? Yeah. How did they get a split decision? That was terrible. I mean, we know that Joe Smith Jr. has trouble with boxers. Jesse Hart, definitely the better boxer. Um, he's taller, has a longer reach. He has everything that really in the past has troubled Joe Smith Jr., including the fact that in his last outing or his outing prior to that, he beat the guy that dominated Joe Smith Jr. in uh, Sullivan Barrera. Bill, in my opinion, this tells us exactly how good Dimitri Bivol is, because Bivol just had Smith shelled up on the ropes a lot of times. Um, but, you know, the pressure inside, he was in phenomenal shape to be able to keep coming forward and let loose that many punches. I mean, maybe he took one round off, but Joe Smith Jr. was just in there all night long. There was a few times, though, I'm saying to myself, did he just watch Rocky back in the dressing room the way he just came in head first with his hands in front of him? Um, if Joe Smith Jr., Bill, 
if they can incorporate a jab into him, you know, a, a steady jab into him, I think Joe Smith Jr. can actually win a belt at this uh, division. He's always in great shape. Um, he has tremendous power. He has a great chin. If they um, just round him out a little bit, I think Joe Smith Jr. can uh, win a belt in this division. You know, not be the king of the division, but, you know, like I stated with Mungaya, because belts are plentiful, Joe Smith Jr. should be able to win a belt. He's the type of guy that, because he works so hard, his skills are limited, but he always gives the fans what they want. He never uh, fights an easy fight. He leaves it all in the ring. You just want this guy to have a good, huge payday before he leaves the sport. He still works full-time, for gosh sakes. No, I know. And, uh, you know, I, first of all, I, I thought two things. Number one, and I think they're working on it because it was evident last night, and every time you'd hear it in the background, he would do it. They're trying to tighten up his defense. They're trying to, to have him keep his hands up normal, you know, like as a normal uh, thing to do, not to have to keep reminding him. But for the most part, he kept him up longer than I've ever seen it before. He was also showing us some stuff that um, I don't recall him doing as proficiently, and that is setting up his power shot. He was working the body, uh, coming back to the head. He, he, he was getting through the guard of Jesse Hart. Um, he was doing some things that made me think that he's thinking more uh, versus uh, just attacking. And I do agree with you that he needs to work on some defense, not just keeping his hands up, but maybe moving his head. And if he could incorporate a jab, I'm with you. He'd be tough out. He's, he's uh, you know, like Deontay Wilder has that one-punch uh, knockout power uh, and, and really doesn't possess anything else. Well, Joe Smith looks like he could. Right now, I would say he's similar to a Deontay. He's got the one-punch uh, one knockout power, uh, and he clearly hurt. Um, uh, Jesse Hart a couple of times in that fight. I wouldn't have been surprised if they stopped it after he had the jelly legs, but uh, I like what I saw. And this was a great fight for Joe in terms of though Jesse Hart is the better boxer, he didn't have the power to hurt uh, Joe Smith, and it allowed him to try some of those things like you were just saying, and I agree, I did see that, and if you notice there were a few times where you could see him coming in and he was waiting for that counter. He was kind of trying to roll with it. He rolled with it a few times. So, you know, this is the type of fight that Jaime Mungaya should be in, you know, to uh, improve his skill set. You know, so it was it was a great fight. It was all action. Great job to Joe Smith Jr. And, you know, hopefully he gets himself, a, a, you know, a big fight. And he just continues to keep on improving because the guy certainly deserves it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, did you get to see Xander uh, Zayas fight? He improved to 3-0. and oh. Uh, going a distance with Corey Champion, who was uh, one and one going into the fight, uh, dominating a four round fight, forty to thirty six twice, forty to thirty five once. What's your thoughts of this kid? He's uh, he's getting a lot of uh, PR. He's um, Bill, like um, the uh, the kid on the um, the uh, the card. You know, these, these are literally kids. It's, you know, not an expression. These are literally kids. Um, you know, he's 17 years old. Um, he seems to have all the skills. Hopefully he can improve. He's going to keep growing. He's not even reached his man strength, his man body yet. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to um, see what this kid has to offer. I mean, I thought, I thought he looked sensational inside the ring. 
and you know he has that great amateur pedigree. Um, I know he in the Nationals. Um, he won one year, and then um, he was a, a semi or quarter finalist, and then um, in the juniors, I think he won second or third place. the The kid, the kid is still building. Me personally, I would. Um, keep him in the amateurs like another I would have kept him in the amateurs another year or two and then put him into into the pros but you know yeah you, you have to like uh, what you see there especially you know when it sits inside your mind this kid is 17 years old he's top ranks Ryan Garcia um, you know that's what happened with uh, Golden Boy they got him you know I got into kind of a, uh, a discussion with coach he was emailing me back and forth and he wanted he says oh make sure you you check this guy out he's this he's that and I made a comment. I said, yeah, he's lucky that he signed on with top rank because now they're going to carefully select his opposition. They're going to invest money in his uh, public relations, you know, his PR. Uh, and he'll become uh, just like a Ryan Garcia where he'll have a big fan base and, you know, he'll make some money and, and you know, he'll be groomed for a title shot and then we'll have to, you know, get better and better once he gets a title, similar to what's going to happen when Ryan gets, uh, uh, wins his title. Um, yeah. Like and- the kid, uh, Calcruth, on the uh, the other card, I believe they have like the same, more or less, uh, I know they were in some of the same tournaments together. But my point, my point with Coach was that, you know, in, in boxing, the, the sad reality is that there are a lot of kids in the gym, and, and I know you're big with, with the amateurs. There's a lot of kids in the gym that work their tails off and that show promise, but for whatever reason, they don't get an opportunity with uh, a, a promoter that will invest money in promo- actually promoting them, and they end up getting fed uh, to, the, uh, to the fighters prematurely. They get fed to more advanced fighters, and you know sometimes you see these fighters with a, a not-so-impressive record, uh, but they're good fighters. The thing happened on one of the cards. I, I think it was the... Uh, uh, I think it was the uh, Smith card where they had a, a young showcase fighter that was supposed to be undefeated. He ends up uh, getting a draw, and they're going, oh, he gets a draw with a 19-7 and seven guy or a, whatever the guy's record was, 18-7. and seven. And I'm saying, and, and I thought to myself, yeah, they had an 18-7 and seven guy. He probably, I didn't even look at his record, but he probably fought some tough guys early on and is a lot better than his record would suggest. Oh, oh yeah, you know, that's, a, again, because of that mentality of, if somebody loses their O or when there's a lot of expectations and hype behind a guy, even when they're young like this, if they don't perform well in one of these matches, especially when it's a showcase match, you know, that can hurt their marketability with the mindset of, uh, of today's um, fans. Um, but the reason why I mentioned um, uh, Tristan Kalkruth on the uh, Mungaya card is that we're starting to see a big influx of these young fighters. David Benavidez, remember when he won his title, he was only, what, 22? Same thing with uh, um, Tank Davis. I believe he was, uh, what, 20, 21 when he won his first world title. We're, we're starting to... Um, these fighters are just seem to be getting younger and younger. Not only are uh, fighters getting bigger, doesn't matter what weight class it is, a 154-pounder walks around, does a cruiserweight, and so on. You know, they're getting younger. You know, it's almost like we're turning back time when fighters started out in their early 20s, their late teens, and then they retired by 30. Right, right. No, it's, hey, listen, uh, you know, nutrition and, and uh, you know, different uh, forms of, of training have prolonged uh, fighters' careers for sure. Tell us about Clarissa Shields. You were down there for that fight. Um, it went to distance. Uh, give us a report. Um, I um, 
she Bill, I, I you know I, I really don't know what to say. She's she was a great amateur. Unfortunately, you know the amateur style has stuck with her. She hasn't. Um, when you watch her fight, she really hasn't converted to a pro style, which is why she has no not. Uh, um, she doesn't have as. Um, many knockouts against girls that she should have been able to knock out like on Saturday. But um, right now, and I was speaking uh, about this, you know, to, to her promoter and some of the other uh, guys up in press row, she's running out of opponents and pretty soon she's going to lose her marketability because fans here, as fickle as they are, are going to really start saying to themselves, who is this girl fighting? And now, you know, her talk, and she's really determined to go into uh, MMA and fight Amanda Nunez. I, 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 gosh, I, I don't know what would happen. Uh, this Clarissa Shields, that uh, the style that we see and as undisciplined as she can be inside that ring against an Amanda Nunez, that would be a disaster. You know, Clarissa Shields, I, I met her before she won her second gold. Um, I was doing an event on LDL TV. Uh, it was a female... Uh, 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 Hall of Fame and um, in down in Florida and I met her and she was so impressive um, you know full of class I mean it was amazing to see all these champion female champions just you know surround her and give her the props for, for winning the gold and then she goes and wins another um, you know she had it all and then her mouth and just her her mannerisms and and everything changed, especially when she started hanging around with the Durrell brothers and and all of that. Now I agree with you. I think from a from a talent perspective, I believe she possesses talent. She she fights more of a male style, um, you know. But she goes over the top. She's not proving it in the ring in a sense. She's saying it with her mouth, calling out a man. I want to fight a man, you know, I, all of this kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't know. Is it is it her or is it just the fact that she doesn't have much competition out there? That, it, you know, it's a little of both. One, she doesn't have a lot of competition. So there's no way, uh, for, you know, there's nobody out there for her to build on and improve with. You know, nobody out there, you know, to test her, give her different angles that she's never seen before and so on, which I believe why that, um, you know, her skill set hasn't uh, evolved from that amateur style into the pro style. You know, so it's no, um, no knock on her that she doesn't have that ability, but if you're not able to use that ability and improve, it's not going to happen. We've seen, you know, a lot of male fighters that were sensational amateurs and that won some titles as a, a professional, but they were never able to fully transition into that pro style. Um, as far as the um, comments on her attitude change and so on, yes, we've spoken about that a million times. Anytime I've ever met her in the past, you know, she she uh, was so nice and she just totally changed once she won that title and she started hanging around with the uh, wrong people. Now, if you re if you look at the her entrance. Think about somebody who recently more or less put on a very similar entrance with that same outfit because for the same reasons that I mention on this show all the time, they're not they don't have somebody that's really promoting them right and they don't and um they're kind of self-promoting and they are doing it the wrong way because they're copycatting somebody else. Well, you know, that that's the You know, she, she had that, that I swear Deontay Wilder wore that outfit not too long ago. Uh, you know, the the thing is, is that that's the part of the sport that I feel bad for the fighters. And, you know, Deontay Wilder and maybe even Clarissa Shields now, 
you know, Deontay Wilder is loyal. The one thing I love about Deontay Wilder, aside from his, his freakish power, is that he's a loyal guy. Loyalty means a lot to me personally. And, you know, he's loyal to his team. Despite him leaving, you know, tens, twenty, maybe, who knows, maybe maybe close to $100 million uh, when all was said and done on the table for not taking certain fights that wouldn't have uh, reduced his value at all. Um, but yet he's, he's, he stayed loyal to them. And like you said, he's had, he's had to self-promote himself, you know, um, from I'm going to kill somebody in the ring to, to, you know, saying crazy stuff. And you're right. Clarissa Shields is, is doing the same thing. I feel bad for them. Because yeah, just be we, yourself. Same well, thing with Dante. Be yourself. Don't be somebody else. And, you know, you're a, a bigger draw being yourself. But and that, you're more fan-friendly. But that's exactly what my basis of my point was when I mentioned Xander Zayas. You know, here he is signed on. Or Ryan Garcia. You know, Ryan Garcia was signed on by Golden Boy early on. They built him up. They carefully did. See, this is when promoters don't get the credit, all right? where they, they invest the money. The, the promoters like Golden Boy and Top Rank do that. They invest the money. They, they, they get them the right fights. They get the PR out there. And these fighters create value. They, they all of a sudden have value. And a guy like Ryan Garcia, he was actually able to turn the value that Golden Boy created for him against Golden Boy. And, and you know, a guy like uh, Zayas... If he keeps, you know, looking good and, and improving and fighting better opposition, he's going to end up doing the same thing. But unfortunately, guys like uh, uh, Deontay Wilder and, and a female fighter like Clarissa Shields, they don't have that backing. What else are they supposed to do? And they have the talent. Absolutely. Um, and it's hard. Bill, you know how um, brutal the boxing business is business-wise. So these young guys that are trying to self-promote themselves, in my opinion, if they split with their promoter, they can end up, you know, and that can end up actually being bad for them because their promoter can more or less kind of shut them out. And if they get this attitude where they become difficult to work with, another promoter isn't going to be so quick to pick them up and sign them. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough, it, but, it, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it is. But uh, speaking of... um. I was thinking about you at that card because when the uh, the, the Alicia Napoleon and, and the uh, Sideros fight, as they're making a ring walk, I'm saying to myself, there's something about this fight that kind of reminds me of Anne-Sophie Matisse Holly Holm where Sideros looks like she's just supposed to come in here and be this opponent to make somebody look good. And when the fight started, Napoleon had no idea what to do with her. And then when Napoleon uh, was knocked down, I was saying to myself, wow, watch this really end up being a Holly Holm moment. <laughs> I tell you that fight when uh, Aunt Sophie Matisse uh, uh, stopped Holly Holm. Same look, same style. You know, it doesn't look like she has much to her, and just big and strong. I'll ne I'll never forget looking over at that corner, and she was pretty much out of it for the first thirty seconds of that minute. And you know, I'll never forget it. Her her trainer Winkle John sending her out there, um, and, and that was after they gave her a. a uh, they thought they were helping her by saying it was a slip instead of giving her an eight count. I, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Holly Holm did pretty well for herself. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, got to um, 
Ryan Garcia, there's a kid over at our gym, Newberg Hook Elite, named uh, Darren. That is his favorite fighter, and he's been pestering me for weeks now. Do you really have pictures of, of you guys with uh, Ryan Garcia? So ne- uh, when the, um, And he was with us down in Atlantic City for the event. So next week, i got to bring in that picture. I mean, this kid is like th- probably the biggest Ryan Garcia fan I've ever met in my life. Why doesn't he just punch up the show and watch the actual interview? We'll get oh, yeah, more than... We'll get more than a we'll we'll get more than just a photo. He'll have a he'll have some audio too. And, and, and yeah, I have to tell him that. And Henry Haskup and Jackie Atkins, you know, Henry, you know, he got such a you know our Henry Haskup, you know, who does our trivia, he he got such a you know a, a, a great ovation and response from the ring announcers when they mentioned him in Jersey. You know, he had uh, brought all those kids, including uh, our kids from the gym. You know, if it wasn't for him and Jackie Atkins, they wouldn't have been able uh, to be there. They they uh, gave out away uh, 50 tickets uh, to kids, bring them in there, all seeing their fight for the first time. And a lot of these kids, you know, fighters, and they're going to be guys, Bill, that we see in the next five, ten years that we're talking about. That's great. That's great stuff. That's what we need. Uh, United States needs to get our amateur program back on track. Uh, and speaking of which, um, you know, the World Boxing Super Series, uh, something you and I both uh, love. Uh, they finally announced the uh, cruiserweight fight uh, final between Marius uh, Bredis and uh, Uniel uh, Dortikos. Uh, it's going to be uh, March 21st. Uh, what's your thoughts on this fight? I, I know you, you love this series, and you know I love the cruiserweights. I think this is going to be every bit of as good as every other uh, World Boxing Super Series final. What's your thoughts? Oh, these guys match up great, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do, and and uh, I, you know, I can't wait for this fight, and that's what I love about the World Boxing Super Series. You know, uh, I believe both of their losses came in the first Cruiserweight Super Series, right? Yes, um, uh, Dortikos was uh, knocked out by, with that one punch that um, he really didn't really see coming by uh, Gassiab, a guy who uh, everybody expected Breedis to face off against, you know, that would have been a huge fight over Europe, especially, but, um, and, uh, Breedis, he lost a very close fight to Alexander Usyk. Um, Breedis is a strong guy physically, you know, he has, uh, quite a bit of pop to him, and, you know, Dortikos, while he's a knockout artist, you know, he does have that Cuban style to him, so these guys just match up great, because there's so many different uh, ways that this fight can end, Bill. You know, both of them you know, have the ability to uh, make it a one-punch knockout, and both of them have the ability to uh, make it you know, uh, an elite boxing match. And both of them have the ability to switch at any point in time during the fight when things aren't going in their favor and be able to turn it into their favor. That's what makes it such a great fight. Great points. One last thing before we let you go. Uh, they announced that uh, Anthony Joshua and Cuba Pulov um, will be fighting uh, they'll be uh, getting a deal done uh, within the next couple of weeks. And uh, it was the big question of who Joshua was going to fight. We knew Pulov has a mandatory with the IBF, but so does Usyk with the WBO. But now it seems that uh, Usyk will be fighting uh, someone else, rumor has it, uh, Derek Chisora. And uh, AJ is going to take on Pulev. How do you like the AJ-Pulev fight? I like the fight. I mean, Pulev... Um he always comes to fight. He always puts on a good fight. He's he's a, he's a bit of a dirty fighter, um, but um, he's he's kind of you know slow. And AJ right now with his new style, I think Pulev is a great opponent for him because AJ will be able to keep moving, and Pulev, who doesn't have the greatest footwork, will be able to apply that pressure to him 
that will help AJ, um, you know, round out this new style of his, uh, more of a boxer puncher rather than coming in there and just trying to be a, a headhunter, which I think uh, AJ became very complacent with, and that's what really went wrong outside of uh, some bad training habits with the Andy Ruiz Jr. fight. He's so used to hitting guys and guys falling and staying down. Pulev isn't going to be that easy, and so this is a perfect matchup for Anthony Joshua to kind of uh, round out and become a better fighter, and Pulev is going to give it his all. Speaking about um, Jaime Mungaya, as good as Anthony Joshua is, in a way, when you look back at that Andy Ruiz Jr. fight and that moment where Anthony Joshua um, more or less thought he had that fight won and then really didn't know what to do after um, Andy Ruiz Jr. got back up and started firing at him, Here's a guy who's had a uh, two-time world champion. He's had, what, six heavyweight titles now, and uh, he's more or less got to kind of rebuild himself if he wants to stay top of the heap. Well, how ironic is it that, you know, he basically learned uh, how to take advantage of his size and strength, both uh, with his jab, his movement, and, of course, his punching power from Vladimir Klitschko. And when you look at uh, Klitschko's fight against Pulev, uh, it was actually the... It was actually the only fight, with the exception of his fight against Anthony Joshua, where Klitschko was aggressive, was like a Mike Tyson. He destroyed Pulev in that fight. I mean, he came after him and, and, and beat the hell out of him. And, you know, I'm wondering which version of AJ we're going to get. Are we going to get the guy that's going to, you know, just basically be content in outboxing Pulev? Because Pulev, listen, I've always liked him. I saw him live in Denmark. Uh, fight Derek Rossi. He's a strong guy, but he's limited. He doesn't have much defense. I think he's perfect for Anthony Joshua. If Joshua can establish his jab, I, I think it's going to be a long, uh, bruising night for for Pulev. But um, if if AJ does try to attack him, you got to punch his chance with Pulev. Absolutely, but um, what you just stated more or less uh, mimic, uh, mirrored what I was uh, the point I was trying to get across where Pulev is the type of guy that will make AJ stay on his toes and won't allow him to get lazy and it's going to allow AJ to uh, continuously improve this new style of his when you speak about um, AJ with Klitschko remember Vladimir Klitschko he incorporated that style because he had a, a shaky chin Vladimir Klitschko himself is the first to admit, you know, his chin wasn't the best. And his uh, style uh, mimic more or less very similar to my man Lennox Lewis. And But Vladimir Klitschko, the difference between him and Anthony Joshua, while Anthony Joshua, you know, looks like an Adonis from the, the waist up, he's huge. Vladimir Klitschko, that style was so effective for him that he is just more over, overall physically strong. Every part of Vladimir Klitschko was strong, and he knew how to use that size and that weight, no matter who it was against. Anthony Joshua never quite mastered that. Great point. Because Klitschko had that one-punch power. Remember, before that uh, what, uh, that one knockout, Klitschko was just destroying guys. I don't care how old I'll live to be. I'll never forget that Ray Mercer look after Mercer goes down the first time and gets up, and he looked at Klitschko and just shook his head, and we know what type of chin Mercer had. And yeah. that's before Klitschko but, was uh, refined. But Ray also said that uh, I've talked to him about that that specific fight several times, and he said, you know, if he could have one fight back in his whole career, he would want to refight that one. And the reason he gives is because he didn't train for the fight, you know. So, uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I love Ray, but it went it, it ended the same way, buddy. No, that's I, listen. I'm not saying it wouldn't, <laughs> but it's just it, listen. When a fighter says that, as much as Ray Mercer has said said it. 
I have a tendency to lean towards believing that he did he wasn't at a hundred percent. And and he, I think the part point that he was making was that he's mad at himself for not going into the ring with against a guy like Klitschko and not being a hundred percent. His only chance in hell in that fight was to be a hundred percent, and he wasn't. That that was you know I think that was his point. You know. Oh, I I understand. And I agree. Ray Mercer isn't the type of guy that um makes excuses. You know, he lost. He lost. That that's not the type of guy Ray Mercer um was so I wasn't trying to insinuate that I was just saying you know it, that it's just that version of Vladimir Klitschko was special but he did he, he was special period he was, he's an all-time great I'm just saying that that version of him you know uh, when he came out the when he hit guys the power was just amazing but Ray also told me he did get into boxing really for one we- reason because he wanted to get out of the tents he was in a combat unit in the uh, army and uh, they told him if he joined a boxing team that you'd get to sleep inside on a bed, and that's why he got into it. So yes. uh, the rest is history, you know. I mean, he did pretty well for himself. So oh, absolutely. Uh, Speaking of Ray, real quick, just on um, how uh, we spoken uh, mentioned a couple times about guys needing to improve and round out their skill set, even um, after they've won a world title because they were able to get that title early. If the sport had more Ray Mercer types in it. You know, with the sport, it doesn't matter the division. The sport doesn't really have guys of that caliber where they're not exactly the the, the extreme elite, but you know, they're world class in all these divisions. And I believe that's why, Bill, we're seeing so many of these young guys get titled so quickly, and they're really not getting better when they when they do have to go in there. Like uh, you mentioned before, these younger guys uh, they go in there against somebody, and they're not doing that, and they don't do as well as expected because they haven't had this competition to round out their skill set. Boxing needs that. You know, where are these journeymen and these elite guys that you know make these uh, very good guys into great guys? There isn't that many fighters. Listen, we have more titles than we ever had, and we don't have as many fighters. I, I mean, that's one of the uh, best points that uh, uh, Mike Silver makes in his book. I, I should be getting a cut because I promote his book a lot. But uh, the sweet science, the what, what is it? The Arc of Boxing: The Rise and Fall of Sweet Science, and that book basically compares errors and with the you know his point with the book he's proving in his mind he proves that the uh you know the older boxes were better but one of the statistics that he uses are the the pool of fighters themselves i mean you know we're talking in new york state alone i i believe in 1940 or whatever uh, year he was talking about was 20 something hundred uh, licensed fighters in, in New York State alone. You know, now there's, there's, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood nationally, you know. So uh, it is uh, it is quite the difference. But it sounds like our 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 youth, uh, our amateur boxing program is uh, on the rise. I hope it I hope it continues. And uh, oh, it's, it's absolutely doing great. And we, you know, absolutely doing great in my opinion. And I think you, uh, you know, you, you've been uh, an advocate for it. So uh, and absolutely, see- Leonard Lee over by me. I was up uh, Patterson Floyd Patterson's gym the other night. I was up there. I was uh, somebody was asking me about how you were doing because we had a sparring session, you know, with our gym against you know the Floyd Patterson gym. No, that's great. Great stuff. Keep it up. Dax, we'll talk to you next week, brother. All right, everybody. You have a good day. Take care. That's Dax Khan. You can check out his columns up on uh, BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, and uh, speaking about checking out, listen, you, you guys hear me talk about, uh, you know, Kenny Bear's barbecue rub all the time. Well, they came out with two new products, and you're looking at them right now. Uh, you know, his, uh, his uh, blackened seasoning 
and also his all-purpose uh, seasoning salt. Um, the blackened is is spicy, man. I love it. Uh, I, I got to to try some now. Now you know Kenny has a tendency to 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 create uh, a a need for me to have this stuff, and uh, it's great stuff. If you haven't tried the, any of the new stuff that uh, Kenny Bears has out, uh, or his uh, first uh, home run, which was the uh, uh, Kenny Bears barbecue rub, which I put on everything. Uh, get yourself a bottle today. Just visit uh, www.southerngourmetspice.com. That's southerngourmetspice.com. And uh, get yourself a, a bottle today uh, of uh, either his uh, uh, new stuff or his uh, his original, which uh, you're looking at right now, the, uh, uh, the Kenny Bears uh, barbecue rub. Good stuff. Uh, love it, man. So uh, get, yourself, uh, uh, get yourself a copy of that. Uh, as we speak, but uh, in any event, um, I'm going to be getting uh, my man uh, Alex Papali uh, on the line here in a second, uh, as uh, we'll get his thoughts uh, on the uh, uh, on the fights. And uh, joining us right now is uh, Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, first, we'll talk about the uh, Mugaya fight. He stops. Uh, uh, Spike O'Sullivan in two minutes and seventeen seconds of the eleventh round. Um, I, I, listen, I, I, I mean, I'm spitting out some feathers this morning because I'm eating a little crow. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, I, I was laughing at some of the comments that Eric Morales was making about Mugaya, saying that he, oh, he's much faster at this weight. He's got hand speed. He's this. He's that. And I'm laughing. I'm saying, so how do you get hand speed? Well, I don't know how he did it, but in my opinion, he clearly displayed faster hands in his fight against O'Sullivan last night than I've ever witnessed before. What was your thoughts on the fight? Uh, I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but um, the, I saw uh, uh, some of it, and from what I saw, yeah, I agree with you. It, it was interesting last night. We had, um, we had. it seemed like both main events were uh, sort of limited guys, but um, guys who had uh, some skills uh, over their opponents that made for, um, you know, made a, enough for them to dominate them. And uh, that's what I saw in uh, Mungia uh, versus Sullivan was it just seemed that he was stronger and, like you said, faster. And um, it was a fun, you know, from what I saw, it was a fun scrap. Um, and it was the same thing for uh, Joe Smith Jr. versus um, Jesse Hart. It's just that... Uh, I think that one was a sloppier uh, fight. Uh, well, the parts, the parts of the Mungia fight I saw uh, was a fun little brawl. Well, we'll get to to Joe Smith in a second because there's a lot I want to talk about that. But in the Mungia fight, I will say this: I mean, I, I'm not going to uh, get into it too much if you didn't watch the whole thing. But um, the truth of the matter is, is I thought that Spike O'Sullivan was a perfect opponent for Mugaya as his debut at middleweight. Uh, because yes. he's tough, because he comes forward, and definitely he's tough. Now, if anybody didn't think that uh, Gary Spike O'Sullivan isn't a tough guy, all they're going to do is watch last night's fight. Um, uh, he hung in there. Um, it, it seems every time O'Sullivan does step up his level of opposition, you know, he comes up on the losing end. But he's that, that kind of a fighter that you want to see uh, a potential champion fight. What I saw with Mugaya is that he... He does feel, it looks like he feels more comfortable at this weight. 
Um, you know, he definitely had faster hands. He also employed a jab uh, that was very beneficial to him. And I just think that he's he's becoming a smarter fighter. Um, you know, maybe that's the addition of Eric Morales. I, I certainly would would lean towards that. Uh, the one thing I still think he needs to work on, though, is his defense. He takes way too many punches. And uh, O'Sullivan, although he took did take kind of a shellacking last night, um, he did land some power shots. As a matter of fact, um, after one of the early rounds, he, he connected just, just before the close of the round. And I was surprised the guy didn't go down. I mean, the replay showed the shot. And it really landed flush at 23 years old. They got to tighten up his defense, Alex. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely right. His, I mean, his chin is his defense at this point, uh, and he's got a very solid chin. The kid can really take uh, take a licking. But you're right. I mean, how long is that going to happen? Because um, you don't want a young kid to keep getting battered cleanly like that. Um, the uh, oh wow, I just uh, I had the uh, the it's scrolling right now in a small window, and I just saw the stoppage. Yeah, the thing about Sullivan is that he was a perfect opponent for him because, I mean, even in that last round, the guy's still coming forward. So he's making it a fight. Uh, so it was really a good opponent for Munguia. But you're right. That's the thing about Munguia is that it's almost kind of like what we saw with Jared Hurd. When you take uh, a lot of clean punches, that's going to catch up to you. Um, you know, I, I think it, it didn't last night. But um, it will. There's no doubt. And um, Sullivan, O'Sullivan, I should say, um, you know, he didn't he have to. He, that mustache, that's for sure. Yeah, no. I, I, he, uh, he he didn't have to. I mean, he showed some grit because he knew as he wasn't going to win that fight. And, um, you know, he stuck around. But, uh, you know, Mugai, after the fight, said he wants the big names, Canelo, Triple G, or the Charlos. I'm not so sure he's ready for Canelo or Triple G, uh, or even Dax mentioned, uh, like, uh, Deverinchenko. But I, I would love to see him fight Charlo. I, I think Charlo is extremely overrated. I know he comes in shape. He looks the part. He talks a lot of smack. And I would love to see Mugaya fight uh, one of the Charlos. Yeah, I think uh, Charlo Munguia would be a good fight. I do think that um, it would be interesting to see him uh, against Golovkin only because that fight was something that they uh, you know the Nevada State Athletic Commission didn't want to have uh, a couple years ago when Golovkin was still with HBO because uh, he was too green uh, and I think it was the same year that they sanctioned uh, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather yeah uh, that was Bob that was the gutless spineless Bob Bennett uh, the executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And in his uh, wisdom, he didn't think that Mugaya was was uh, experienced enough to fight Triple G, uh, but yet he approved a pro debut uh, uh, fighter in, in Conor McGregor, who was an MMA guy, to fight arguably uh, this era as one of the best uh, boxers uh, of this time in Floyd Mayweather. So... Uh, uh, go figure, Alex. Go figure. I wonder. I wonder. I, I maybe maybe he wasn't having enough uh, brain food because that was certainly uh, a very stupid thing for him to say. Oh, he's not experienced enough. And then uh, you know, six a couple months later, he's approving McGregor against Mayweather. I, yeah, it's true, and I think that you know it just shows you uh, that um, 
you know, history uh, and karma, uh, they are what they are. And I think here we are now where uh, that's a decent fight, uh, Munguia versus Golovkin. I think it's a little early for him, but um, we know that Golovkin isn't what he used to be. So, um, you know, to fight one of the young Tigers in the division, a Charlo or a Munguia would be interesting. But but you're right. I think Charlo, Mung- Charlo Munguia might be an easier fight to make. And... Uh, and that would be uh, a, a good matchup, too. So, I don't know. I mean, and I hate to say this because he's a local, regional guy, but almost any fight at middleweight that doesn't involve Demetrius Andrade uh, could be a fun matchup um, because you do have a couple of guys there. Well, it doesn't seem like Canelo's coming back. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hate to rain on Golovkin's parade, but I don't think that that fight's going to happen. I think if they ever get the third match, it might be at 168. Well, it looks like it looks like Billy Joe Saunders might be the opponent uh, for Canelo in May. I think that Triple G, you know, the reason why I, I wouldn't see him against Mugaya is because Triple G is on his way out and he needs a big payday. I don't think Mugaya brings that kind of uh, money to him. Uh, but you mentioned Jared Hurd. Uh, what a what a danger! I hope they never make that one because it would be an extremely dangerous fight for both of those fighters that have a tendency to just take a beating, and they both can dish it out too. I mean, um, somebody's uh, not going to be the same when they leave that ring if that fight ever happens. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I think we're seeing we're going to get a Jared Hurd fight later this month. I'm pretty sure he's fighting on the undercard of the. Uh... Garcia red catch fight. No, he is. I'm saying a fight between him and Mugaya. Oh, no, no. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, because I think, well, because Hurd's been off a while, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, how he looks now. But what's interesting about Jared Hurd is that, you know, I would have thought that, you know, because he, 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 he didn't accept the fight uh, to avenge his title loss. And, you know, he didn't take that fight. Instead, I thought, oh, okay, here it is. He's going to move up, you know, because I could, just couldn't imagine how he makes 154 anyway. I mean, he looks like a heavyweight come fight night. Uh, and then he announces that his next fight is at junior middle, you know. So I, he clearly didn't want a rematch, which is, is uh, totally bizarre in my opinion. But anyway, let's talk about Joe Smith Jr. against Jesse Hart. Now, I, I think that this fight was an even fight going into the to the fight. I did lean towards Joe Smith Jr., but Jesse Hart has the talent, and he's fought some tough guys, especially early in his career. Um, I was extremely happy with Joe Smith uh, Jr.'s performance and extremely sick to my stomach watching Jesse Hart hugging and holding. I mean, I, I was surprised. I, think, I thought, I still think that Harvey Dock is one of the best referees in the business, he didn't even warn Jesse Hart once. I, I, what was your thoughts on the fight? I, I've been complaining too much about the holding. Um, I was looking forward to this matchup, and I did enjoy it, but I was surprised that it was uh, as sloppy and sort of crude as it as it turned out to be. Uh, I was a little disappointed that Joe Smith couldn't get him out of there, um, but you're right. Uh, Jesse Hart was basically fighting to survive. I think some of the things that um, uh, Andre Ward and Tim Bradley brought up were right on. Um, I, the, the fact that uh, what Tim Bradley was pointing out with um, some of um, 
uh, Hart's footwork was a good was very good because there was a lot of times where it was uh, he was almost making himself off balance and I don't know if it was nerves or anxiety or what um, but what Andre Ward was pointing out also was that it was almost like you, you knew Hart knew that the strategy to beat a guy like Joe Smith Jr. was movement but it was like there was so much movement it was uh, like Ward said it was unsustainable and it became something that um, was just ugly to watch because it just seemed very much that um, Hart was uh, fighting you know himself in a way because of the level of anxiety just very very concerned about getting hit cleanly and you know sometimes the more concerned you are the more likely you are to get hit cleanly um that said it was it was stunning that smith couldn't cut the ring off um and you know stop him but um the the other thing that compounded the weirdness of the whole night was the james kinney uh, atrocious uh scorecard which uh, hopefully our friend um the friend of the show, Larry Hazard Sr., will um, suspend that guy because, uh, or at least have a talking to him because I don't understand what he was watching. No, I, I, well, let's get to that in a sec. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't, Joe Smith Jr., I love Joe Smith Jr., but come on, he's not, he's not, a, 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 I don't know how to say it, but he's not the greatest uh, finesse fighter out there, and I don't think he ever will be, and I don't think he ever claimed to be. What we saw with Joe Smith is what Joe Smith does. As a matter of fact, they're working on his defense. They had to keep reminding him to keep his hands up. Because if Joe Smith tightens up his defense just a little bit, even 50%, and then can develop a jab, uh, he did seemingly use it a little bit last night, and he was getting between the guard of Jesse Hart several times, uh, and his conditioning was fantastic. He's a tough out. And, uh, you know, his his busyness, if if that's the right way to put it, you know, uh, is what won the fight. Hart never was able to um, regain. He wasn't able to come back. He, if his game plan was to try to tire Smith out in the early rounds, which is what I thought was happening when I was watching him hug and kiss, and, well, no kissing, but he, he looked like he wanted to, um, <laughs> that, you know, after a while, it just it got it got boring. It was the same thing. You know, then I was, you know, watching Smith closer uh, to see, you know, what he was going to do to combat it. The one thing that I would have liked to have seen Smith do a little better was not follow him around the ring as much. Right. I mean, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't really anticipating where he was going to go. He he wasn't cutting the ring off, or it wasn't like uh, he was forcing Hart to go in the opposite direction that he wanted. He was following him around the ring, you know, and eventually would would get him against the ropes and get him in the corner and uh, and work him over a bit, giving him the business, if you will, you know. But uh, Yeah, uh, I was surprised that because I would have thought that some body work, uh, especially because, you know, he was not on steady legs for much of the fight, uh, that a little, if he had cranked up the body work, like you said, used a jab, you know, there's a lot of basics that I think go, will, would go a long way uh, to Joe Smith Jr.'s attack if he added them in. Um, body work especially. I mean, he hits so hard that um, a guy like Jesse Hart, uh, who doesn't have a 
you know, the greatest foundation under him, body punching would have really, I think, helped last night. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, he didn't really need any help, uh, you know, until the scorecards were read. Uh, then I'm sure uh, they were a little nervous there for a moment. But, um, you know, the right guy won. So I think and that's the other thing, too, is that light heavyweight is really an exciting division. We have guys that, um, you know, everybody has different brings a different skill set. And I think there's enough guys there that can make for some fun. We saw a really good fight, uh, what was it, two weeks ago last? Or was it last week, the Pascal? Um, that fight was really good. Uh, and then we've got uh, another matchup next week uh, from Turning Stone, another light heavyweight match. So it's I, I enjoy that when you have uh, several weeks in a row where you look at some of the players in a division and I think that this is kind of cool in that sense. Over the le- next, over the course of a month, we're getting a look at like what six to eight light heavyweights, and that's a cool thing. No, that definitely is uh, cool. Um, going to the scorecards, you know, at one point towards the end of the fight, Smith's corner was saying, you know, stop him. Uh, we don't want to put this in the judges' hands. And I actually was saying to myself, ah, eh, you know, this fight is in the bag. You know, if I'm Joe Smith, I don't take any risks. You know, uh, he could, he could, you know, let uh, Hart come to him and Hart wouldn't come to him. So basically they'd be standing there looking at each other for the last two rounds. I figured, you know, Smith, eh, do it. What, what's the point? You know, why, why take a risk? Uh, he did uh, get a, a few shots, did land on him because of his lack of defense. And when they said split decision, I was like, you, what, what? You know, and, and and I and I hear I hear the two scores that were for Smith, ninety eight ninety one, which is the way I scored it, ninety seven ninety two, which is totally, uh, you know, acceptable, and then to hear ninety five ninety four for Hart, I was like, you know, this this is a corrupt judge that should never be allowed to judge again, and and if this person was not corrupt. They don't know what they're watching, and they shouldn't be allowed to judge again. This was not, and, and I wouldn't. I would have been outraged, Alex, if it was ninety-five, ninety-four for Smith. I would have been like, "What, what, what fight were you watching?" And to hear it say that it was for Hart, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, because you add the knockdown, and yeah, that means that uh, he had Hart up by. What three rounds? I guess uh, mathematically, um, if you took away the knockdown. So yeah, that is kind of hard to believe. Um, and but- they could have stopped the fight. And when he was when he was on wobbly legs, and you know Harvey Docks going to you okay? He's going yeah yeah I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm saying he's no he's not. You know if yeah. he if he was lucky that that there was seven seconds left because he wouldn't have survived if it was like a uh, minute left. Yeah. And and there was another time after that where the ropes clearly held him up, in my opinion, and that could have been scored a knockdown, you know? So he, he, it wasn't like these were close rounds. That That's the other part that, that makes this even worse for that judge because it, they weren't close rounds, Alex. You know how, like, yeah. we've talked about many times, we're watching a fight, it's a close round. I may have scored it for side A, you may have scored it for side B, but it was a close round. It could have gone anyway, you know? And, and sometimes the judge is live, you know, it could make people think, you know, especially when the announcers are, are polluting uh, viewers uh, with their thoughts sometimes with scoring, you never know from the position the judge is at, and that's why sometimes they seem a little crazy. But if, as long as they were close rounds to begin with, um, 
you know, you can you can actually, you know, backtrack it and see where the score came from. I can't with this because I don't see that fight uh, except the one round that I gave to, to Hart. I don't see it being any anything but a win every round for 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 Joe Smith. Yeah, it was that that's the thing I think where he does need to be asked what he was looking at because it was one of those fights where it appeared that um if you take away uh you know some of the it, it's not like Hart was landing lots and lots of punches. Um so but if you if you look at just the geography of the fight you had smith pressing hart back and hart on the uh in a retreat the entire fight so and then i and i think also what um andre ward pointed out was a very good point was that um the kind of guys that are uh difficult for joe smith to fight are guys that are big strong boxers Jesse Hart didn't have the physical strength to keep Joe Smith away. So that's what's kind of hard to uh, to fathom, too, because if you're sitting ringside, it's hard not to see the guy who's much stronger, especially in a case like that last night where it just like even though Smith wasn't able to cut uh, cut the ring off and, you know, and, you know, give him nowhere to run and to stop him. Every single round was him bullying Hart around and banging him, uh, banging him around, and Hart for being forced to constantly clinch. So it is kind of weird to think that uh, one uh, one judge can see that and come up with enough rounds to say, "Oh yeah, that uh, the other guy won." Uh, I. Uh... No, he filled out his card. He never watched the fight. And, the you know, you're being kind with the clinching. It wasn't clinching. It was literally holding him in a bear hug. I mean, I, I never really I, – I, if I'm Harvey Dock, I take a point away. I, it was not – you know, he didn't even get warned. It was so obvious every single time. I mean, you know, um, you know yeah, I could see doing it for a little bit or in the second part of the fight or if you're in trouble – but this was his game plan, it looked like. And I think you hit it on the head earlier. He was just trying to survive the fight. Um, you know, it reminded me of Bone Crusher Smith against Mike Tyson. Do you ever want to survive? Do you ever want to survive? You know, it's like, yeah, you know, when they, remember they asked him that at the end of the fight. <laughs> hey, Bone Crusher, why'd you hug Tyson? Did, did you ever want to just survive? You know, it's like, <laughs> what? You know, you're the bone crusher. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's a good point is that it wasn't, they weren't like strategic clinching, like, uh, you know, say a Sugar Red Leonard would use or something when he was, when he's boxing a more aggressive, you know, opponent. Uh, it was survival clinching, like help me, um, that kind of clinching. You're right. And that looks very different. Uh, and it's hard to imagine you could find as many rounds as Kenny did to score Hart's way. It was hugging. He was whispering in his ear, I'm in room 447, come and join me later. <laughs> I, I mean, come on. It was pathetic. And 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 like my man, uh, you know, Mitch, he emailed me earlier, and, and he says, uh, I don't want to make excuses, but, and that's exactly what he said, I don't want to make excuses, but I hurt my hand. In, in sparring, you know, you know what, 
you know what? I, I can't stand when a fighter even wastes his breath saying, I don't want to make excuses, but, and then here comes the excuse. You know, and I credited uh, a guy like Tommy Hearns um, when he fought uh, your idol, uh, you know, um, Marvin Hagler. He broke his hand in that first round. I didn't know that. I didn't know that for years. You know, I, he kept it so quiet. You know, he let Marvin enjoy the, the his moment, and he deserved to. And I think that shows a lot about the character of Tommy Hearns and other fighters like him. You know, when you when you immediately, I don't want to make an excuse, but you're not holding yourself accountable. You know, it's somebody else's fault. It's your broken hands fault. If it, you know, look, it's like this: if you're not a hundred percent, don't fight. I mean, yeah, you might upset the network, you might upset the promoter, you know, you, you might upset your, your bank account, but the truth of the matter is, this is a hurt sport. You say it all the time, Alex. You know, if you're not 100%, why are you going to get in the ring? Are you are you devaluing your opponent that much that you think you're going to beat him with one hand? So I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't think a fighter that has a hand that's so hurt that he, you know, he's, he's and I didn't see it in the fight. I didn't see him favor anything except the fact that he was getting beat up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't mean either. Um, I, I'm surprised to hear that, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was sad. It was sad. Um, moving on to uh, uh, I did. One thing I did want to say is, you know, since we did um, see him back out in uh, and had you had that great interview with him in November. But I thought uh, Buddy McGurk did a great job in the corner of uh, Cam Killich Um that fight, Steve Nelson. Steven Nelson looked pretty damn good, and I enjoyed that fight. Um, and I think that um, that you know what what Buddy McGirt said at the end was uh, you know I'd rather have a guy mad at me tonight than mad at me forever, and that was really good. Exactly, and that's the one thing I say um, about uh, Buddy McGirt. I mean, he he definitely cares for. If you're signing on Buddy McGirt to be your trainer. You're getting a guy that's going to truly uh, protect you. But uh, so, have you caught any of this, you know, uh, tit for tat arguing in social media between Terence Crawford and Errol Spence? Yeah, uh, I did watch uh, the, um, the the undercards on ESPN Plus, and uh, Christina Poncher did have an interview with him, and yeah, he said that that's going to be his new thing going forward. Is um, I guess he's uh, going to be a little more vocal on uh, the Twitter machine and, uh, you know, call these guys out. I don't know. Maybe that'll work for him these days. Uh, it certainly can't hurt. Um, but uh, I um, I don't know. I, You know, he, he had some thoughts. He, they made it sound like Errol Spence versus Manny Pacquiao might happen first. Uh, and Crawford said, you know, he wish, wishes Spence well. Um if that happens first, but he certainly wants the winner. Um, I don't know. I I hope we get to see that fight, a Spence-Crawford match at some point, or, you know, if it is Crawford-Pacquiao, that would be great. Um, so, you know, I don't mind all this talking if it leads to something. If it's just talk, that would be really unfortunate because – you know, this is one of the best fighters in the world, and you want to see him fight the very best. And I think, um, uh, unfortunately, because of the promotional situation, he's going to have to cross the street, as they say. And uh, it seems like the powers that be don't really want that. The, look, you know, you know, it's sickening. 
you know, Manny Pacquiao signs on with PBC slash Mayweather in hopes to get a fight with Mayweather. Pacquiao shows that he's still got something left in the tank. He's obviously not the same fighter he was uh, years ago, uh, but he beats Keith Thurman. Uh, many regarding Keith Thurman as a top welterweight. I, you know, I, I've lost all my respect for Keith Thurman, but credit goes to Pac-Man for, for beating him. You would think that, you know, and the reason why Pacquiao did this was to try to get a rematch with Mayweather. Uh, I like a rematch with Mayweather, and the only reason is because they're both similar in age. They're both similar in career paths. Uh, Manny did have his excuse. He said, I hurt my shoulder, I hurt, I hurt my shoulder. He had hurt his shoulder, you know, and, um, you know, I, I believe that that's an even fight, regardless of uh, the fact that if Floyd beats him again, it, it doesn't matter. It's an even fight. But to suggest that Manny Pacquiao has to keep fighting these young guns at 40 years old, I think is a travesty. And I don't know who's around Manny Pacquiao to talk to him. But for Errol Spence Jr. to go after him versus a Terrence Crawford, that doesn't speak too well for him as well, just like it didn't for Keith Thurman. And, and yeah, okay, the Pac fans are going to say, well, he'll beat, he'll beat Spence like he beat Thurman. You know what? I wouldn't go to the to, well too often. Terrence Crawford is at the top of his game. Errol Spence is at the top of his game. They're both in the same division. So was Tommy Hearns and so was Sugar Ray Leonard. And what did they do? They fought. And it's time for Terrence Crawford to fight Errol Spence Jr. And I think Terrence Crawford, uh, you know, his, his the way he's handling this, basically man against man. Hey, you know that you can go. He says in some of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, tweets that I saw, he says, you know that your management can tell you to fight this one. But if you go and say, I want this fight, they'll make it. He says, you know that. Let's stop the BS. And he's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I and you're right. I mean, I I hope that uh, you know that in 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 that sense that Spence you know mans up and does say, look, bring me Crawford. I don't want Pacquiao. Um, and it's not it's no knock on Pacquiao, but uh, like you're saying, um, it, it, Spence versus Crawford is the Leonard Hearns of today. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to see it. I mean, and that's what uh, Teofimo Lopez versus Vasily Lomachenko is. Um, that fight, it looks like it is going to happen. I think they're talking about April for that fight. Um, so, yeah, I would love to see uh, Crawford versus Spence. I think everybody would. I'd much rather see that than Spence versus Manny Pacquiao. But, you know, as we, as we often get in this sport, we don't necessarily get what we want. It, Manny Pacquiao doesn't have anything else to prove. No, you know, no. he re he really doesn't. And as a matter of fact, if Floyd won't fight him, to to retire beating uh, Keith Thurman is a pretty damn good feat. You know, yeah. uh, you know wh who did who did uh, uh, you know May Mayweather retired beating Conor McGregor, right? So I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. Um, Manny Pacquiao. I I don't know why he would even consider it. And I don't, I, I see it being more negative for Errol Spence because if he doesn't destroy Manny Pacquiao, there's going to be naysayers. But like somebody just brought up, uh, I do believe, in all due respect for Errol Spence, that he does get a warm up fight after that accident. Um, but I doubt a Manny Pacquiao fight should be considered a warm up fight. 
and I think he should get some kind of a, you know, shake off the ring rust fight against someone and then immediately fight, um, you know, uh, uh, Terrence Crawford, in my opinion. I, I, to me, that's what should happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be good. I mean, I think that maybe that's how Spence is looking at Pacquiao as a good opponent um, to fight against um, after, a, a, you know, a nearly fatal car accident. Um, but uh, I um, I don't know. I, I Like you're saying, I, I think that that would be a mistake because the thing we saw against Manny Pacquiao uh, versus um, Keith Thurman is that the guy's not done. He's not done, but why should he fight the best of the best? No, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I, I think the, it's, you know, I think part of it, and sadly, I think some of it is the promotional shenanigans, is that the PBC would like very much to stick it in Top Rank's face to have a Spence versus Pacquiao event and make them wait for the Crawford fight. You know, um, that's just my opinion. You know, Crawford didn't say anything about that, and it almost seemed as if uh, Christina Poncher was sort of setting the ball up for him to hit that one out, but um, he didn't. And that's where he said that, you know, uh, he just hopes the best man win, and he would he would like to see the opponent, the, uh, the, the winner. I, I just think that Mayweather, you know, he should man up. He should be a man once, really. And, and, and you know, if he truly stays out of the ring, I respect that. And but if he goes back in against another UFC guy or something, and and he's picking these, and and, and to Mayweather's credit, I mean, he's it's not like he's doing it for nothing. They're they're throwing boatloads of cash at the guy. So I mean, I you know I can't I guess I can't argue with that. But you know, as far as a historical fight to give Manny Pacquiao a rematch, chances are Floyd wins the fight anyway. Um, and it, it, it actually solidifies the, the, the argument about those two because there are some people that feel, there are actually people that feel that Manny Pacquiao won that fight. Um, but, uh, yeah, Skip Bayless. Yeah, well, well listen, the truth, <laughs> the, the truth of the matter, there's other people that believe that too, Alex, but the, tr- <laughs> the, truth, of the, the truth of the matter is, is that Manny Pacquiao has nothing left to prove. The only fight that makes any kind of sense and would make a ton of money would be a rematch with Mayweather. Other than that, there's plenty of other fighters that these guys can go and fight. Uh, Manny Pacquiao shouldn't be one of them. He, he's long overdue to, to stop fighting, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, one last thing, Alex. Uh, Pulev uh, will be uh, Anthony Joshua's next opponent. Uh, it looks like Usyk is going to fight uh, Derek Chisora. And then after assuming uh, AJ gets by Pulev, that he would def- make his mandatory WBO defense against Usyk. Um, what's your thoughts of, uh, about a AJ against Pulev? Uh, how do you see the fight going, and who's going to win? Uh, I like that fight um, because I think Pulev brings exactly what we've seen Anthony Joshua have some trouble with, and is um, you know he's a great big strong guy who you know, comes after you. Um, and I think that, uh, that, that's a good, it'll be a good barometer to see how Anthony Joshua handles it. Uh, especially after, you know, what happened with Andy Ruiz in the first fight. Um, because I don't think, you know, he didn't, yes, he defeated him in the rematch, but he didn't so dominate him 
that uh, it looks like, you know, all those little demons are gone. Uh, I think Anthony Joshua is a guy who is always going to have issues with his chin. And uh, until he's able to use his his tremendous size in, you know, in aggressive manner, uh, I think he might, you know, have trouble with a guys with guys who just bring it. And I think Pulev is one of those guys. So that could be a, f- uh, a fun fight. I quite honestly, I wanted to see uh, Usyk fight him, but um, Usyk versus Chirzora is a really good fight. That will tell us, uh, you know, how Usyk handles these big men. Uh, I like Usyk to win that fight. Uh, as long as he doesn't get, um, you know, take too much punishment, I think he should be able to beat a guy like Chisora. Uh, but, of course, of course, that's the thing about heavyweight that makes it so interesting is that size sometimes means more than skill in that division. It's true. And sometimes power uh, drives the division itself too, without without, exactly. without any skill. <clears throat> Hint, Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> but but anyway, anyway, Alex, uh, I appreciate your thoughts and um, look for an email uh, concerning uh, our uh, trip uh, that uh, we were all talking about. I'm, I have some dates. I'm going to bounce around you guys, and hopefully, we'll uh, be announcing that uh, next week. Sounds good, Billy C. Take care. All right, take care. That's uh, Alex Papali giving us his thoughts on the fights. And uh, uh, if you're giving any thoughts to uh, uh, what you want to put on the next uh, burger you eat, uh, try this stuff, man. Uh, I am I like spicy stuff, so I'm leaning towards his blackened uh, seasoning, but his uh, all-around uh, uh, you know, seasoning is great. I'm talking about Kenny Bear's. You know his barbecue rub, Kenny Bear's barbecue rub. Uh, I put on everything, including pizza. I had it on white pizza yesterday. Uh, but uh, two new products from SouthernGourmetSpice.com: uh, the uh, the Cajun rub and also the seasoned salt. Uh, so uh, check it out. Make sure you tell them Billy C sent you. Uh, so do a, a, a go visit the website right now and uh, get yourself a, a bottle or two or ten. Um, Southern Gourmet Spice. Uh, dot com. Um, I got an email uh, from uh, uh, my man Jesse, and uh, uh, he said, uh, uh, "Hey Billy C, Happy New Year! Well, Happy New Year to you, Jess." Uh, and um, he said, "Mugaya looked okay." He said, uh, "You know, he's still." Uh, he says he's he's still making silly. Bad habits, dropping his hands. He's not using his jab enough. Uh, too many power shots. Not enough head movement. He's not going to the body enough. Uh, Mugaya versus David Lemieux or uh, a 15 to 25 ranked fighter. Um, and he says, what's your thoughts on Hector Tanara uh, Jr.'s progression? Is he ready uh, to take a high step up? I, I, I think, just to answer that, I do think he's ready uh, to take a step up. His win over... A dominating win, a unanimous decision over Juan Carlos Burgess uh, showed that last night, uh, 99-91 uh, and a 97-92 uh, twice uh, with the way the judges uh, scored that uh, fight. Um, but uh, um, in any event, um, I think that, uh, I, I don't know if I agree uh, with, uh, uh, with my man Jess uh, because... 
I thought that I did see some uh, improvements in Mugaya. Um, yes, he is still making uh, some some bad decisions, uh, like dropping his hands and not moving his head, taking too many shots, uh, not utilizing his jab. But he did start to utilize his jab in that fight, and it was definitely working for him, and it was setting up his right hand and I, I think he learned a lot about the success of setting up his power punch with the jab last night uh, against uh, uh, Spike O'Sullivan. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, so I, I, I saw some improvement uh, with him last night. There's no question about that. I saw uh, improvement with Mugaya. I think Eric Morales uh, should be given credit uh, for uh, for helping him, uh, to be honest with you, um, because it, uh, uh, it I saw the improvement uh, from uh, Mugaya last night. Um, you know, thinking a little more. Uh, he looked like he's uh, very comfortable at the weight. Uh, so I, I liked what I saw. Normally, I agree with uh, uh, with uh, Jess, but in, in this particular case. I don't know. I think he's being a little hard on uh, uh, on Mugaya. I thought that uh, that he looked pretty good, you know, considering. Now, I do also, I, I will agree with Jess in a sense that he definitely needs, uh, um, you know, some other fights prior to, um, you know, moving up to some of the names that um, he was suggesting, a la Triple G or, or Canelo. Uh, but... I do like him against uh, Charlo. Uh, I think uh, a fight against Charlo would, would be great. Uh, personally, I, I think Charlo, uh, both Charlo brothers are extremely overrated. Um, you know, I don't want to be a naysayer, but they haven't really fought anybody. Uh, you know, Harrison was, was in Charlo's last fight. Harrison, the junior middleweight Charlo, in his last fight, Harrison was, was winning that fight. Uh, by outboxing him and then got caught. So, you know, I give, uh, uh, I give credit to, to him for, for winning the fight. Uh, but, uh, but the truth of the matter is, is, you know, they're overrated. They haven't fought anybody. They're pounding their chest, and uh, they haven't fought anybody. I, I think Mugaya beats uh, either Charlo brother right now and, and knocks them out. Um, it gives him a good old-fashioned beating. But I do also believe that uh, if I'm uh, Mugaya, uh, I need to tighten up my defense uh, big time. So Mugaya uh, stops uh, um, O'Sullivan uh, in the 11th round, 2 minutes and 17 seconds. Um, my thoughts on uh, that fight is I, I like Mugaya, and I, I thought it was the right opponent, and it's going to be interesting to see him in his next fight at middle. Uh, as far as the Smith-Hart fight goes, Joe Smith Jr. had his way. Uh, outpowered Hart. I was extremely disappointed in Jesse Hart. I thought it would be a, a better fight. I thought Jesse Hart came the fight. He didn't. Um, and whether he came to fight and then changed his mind during the fight, like the first round, I don't know. I, I, I honestly believe that Jesse Hart's uh, game plan was to, uh, uh, you know, try to get uh, um, Smith tired, get him into the later rounds. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't work for him. Uh, because uh, Smith never tired. And when the later rounds came, it was, uh, you know, Jesse Hart who was fading and fading quickly. Uh, one of the other topics we discussed today 
was the uh, Pulev uh, Anthony Joshua fight that uh, is close to being signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, we should be getting an announcement within the next couple of weeks uh, on that fight and when it's going to take place and where it's going to take place. Uh, there was uh, a lot of discussion because the IBF uh, is demanding the mandatory be fought, and that is Pulev. Uh, the WBO is demanding that their mandatory be fought, and that was Usyk. But it appears that uh, uh, the promoter, uh, which happens to be the promoter for both uh, AJ and Usyk, and that is um, Eddie Hearn, um, that uh, we got a Usyk versus Derek Chisora fight, and we will be seeing the IBF mandatory match between Anthony Joshua and Cuba Pulov. Now, as far as the Pulev uh, fight itself, um, you know, Pulov, uh, many people think he's this power, this, this power puncher. You know, I know they like to, to call him that, but he's really not. Uh, he's not known for his punching power. People assume he has punching power, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, not so much. Um, or maybe he could have had a little more. I don't know. I don't know. But I did get to see him live once. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, I saw him uh, against uh, Derek Rossi in Denmark, and he wasn't really that impressive then. As a matter of fact, Derek Rossi had him in all kinds of trouble uh, uh, prior to him getting in trouble himself. But, you know, it's interesting to see uh, what, what version of Pulov we're going to see. And I say that because when Pulov, uh, let me go back, AJ got under the guidance of Vladimir Klitschko, which helped them in the rematch with the Andy Ruiz Jr. fight. Uh, if you notice in that fight, uh, AJ fought a lot smarter, uh, utilized his jab, utilized movement, uh, waited and was patient to, to land power punches, um, was able to uh, avoid the uh, attack of, of, of Andy Ruiz. And, and a lot of that was uh, the sessions, uh, whether they be discussion or, or in the gym as well, with Vladimir Klitschko. Well, one of the most exciting fights of Vladimir Klitschko's career, in my opinion, was his fight against Pulev. And the reason why is because Klitschko did not fight like that. He came right after Pulev, uh, like he you know, st stole the tires off his car and beat the snot out of Pulev in that fight. Uh, and it, it's going to be interesting to see what and, uh, you know, how Klitschko gives advice for now his protege, Anthony Joshua, against that same opponent. Um, you know, as uh, uh, both Dax and Alex suggested, it would probably be advantageous uh, for um, Anthony Joshua to outbox him, keep moving around the same way he fought Andy Ruiz Jr. Um, but uh, we'll see. You know, I, listen... The, the weakness that Anthony Joshua has, the biggest weakness, I know people can say, oh, he's got a suspect gym, whatever. But his real weakness is his inability to fight guys that are substantially shorter than him. And although uh, Pulev is a monster compared to me, I believe he's six foot four, similar to a, a Chris Ariola size. And those six foot four guys, you know, um, you know, what's what's Anthony Joshua? Six foot six, six foot seven. Um, you know, so it's a big difference for him. And he doesn't punch downward too well. Um, now, Pulev might just be at that cutoff uh, where, 
you know, he's uh, uh, not really that much smaller. And, and, you know, it depends how he fights. If he fights tall, it's going to be fighting into AJ's favor. If he fights a little with a crouch, which he sometimes does, uh, he reminds me a little bit of when Ruslan Shigaev was was at his peak. Um, you know, sometimes uh, Pula fights similar to that to that way. And I think that that would be his chance and try and get in close and, and land a power shot and test that chin of, uh, of AJ, which we all know is, is a bit suspect. But I'm anticipating uh, Anthony Joshua to uh, uh, try and outbox uh, Pulev, and, and uh, I think he's taken on uh, the persona that he really doesn't care um, if he uh, knocks his opponent out anymore uh, or if he uh, wins uh, by... Uh, uh, by decision, so I'm gonna, I'm interested in that fight, but uh, like Alex, I'm also extremely interested uh, in the uh, uh, in the fight between Derek Chisora and Usyk because I'm not convinced that uh, Usyk um, is uh, uh, is is ready for for top heavyweights. I mean, yes, he won his first heavyweight fight, and yes, he's extremely talented. And don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan, uh, but you know, when you're starting to call out the Anthony Joshua's and Tyson Fury's and Deontay Wilder's of the division, the top three, if you will, um, you know, that's, that's a little risque uh, for a guy that uh, is going to be nowhere near their size weight-wise and certainly isn't going to have the power. He can box. You know, a, a, a boxing match between him and Tyson Fury would be interesting. Um, but... Uh, I don't know if he's got the pop. We'll have to wait and see. I think a, a, a really good test would be uh, his fight uh, against uh, uh, Derek Chisora. Um, we did talk about the uh, Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury uh, rematch. It's set for Las Vegas on February 22nd. And uh, they, they've begun advertising it. And uh, when I say that, um, there was a lot of confusion because... Um, Tyson Fury has to deal with uh, through top rank with ESPN Plus, which is a, a, a paid uh, subscription-based service, um, and Deontay Wilder's with the PBC and and Fox and and pay-per-view. They were talking about it during the fight last night as being a pay-per-view with the ESPN three. Uh, I'm sorry, with the ESPN Plus logo. Uh, they still are referring to it as a, as a pay-per-view. So. Um, I'm anticipating it to be a downright pay-per-view. Uh, I don't think it'll be available uh, on um, uh, ESPN Plus, but I hope I'm wrong. You know, because uh, if it's on pay-per-view and ESPN Plus, uh, that would make uh, more sense to me uh, because uh, of the simple fact that um, you know ESPN Plus has been bragging about. Uh, you know, their subscription service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, um, one last thing I want to mention here. Um, we are planning a uh, get-together, a Billy C. get-together where we're going to do uh, this show, and it will be uh, down in uh, St. Simons Island uh, at Sal's uh, uh, Restaurant. Uh, we've done many in the past. We're working out some logistics, so I will have some dates and stuff for you. But what I want to throw out there is that the topic of the show 
is going to be uh, actually Sal uh, came up with the idea uh, yesterday. He and I were, were chatting, and I, and I, I love it. And uh, we're going to do a whole show uh, based around it uh, would be the comparisons between the four top fighters of uh, two prominent eras. So we'll go back to the last great era of boxing where the four-headed dragon was uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, and Roberto Duran. And we're going to compare them uh, to a more modern era of, uh, of four top fighters. And, and that has to be uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, Manny Pacquiao, uh, Canelo Alvarez, and um, you know, most likely a, a Triple G or, or somebody along those lines. Um, the comparisons between the two, all of the fighters dominated uh, their respective divisions th throughout their era. Uh, so we're going to have a topic and debate. Uh, we'll revisit their fights. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're trying to coordinate our whole team uh, going down there, and there will be some room for you. Uh, so if you do want to be involved with our, uh, with our whole little trip, so to speak, drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. I'll let you know uh, the options of travel, uh, where we're staying, all that stuff, and you can be part of our group uh, as we do this, uh, it's not that this will be closed to anybody because anyone can come down and, and uh, eat at Sal's and, and uh, be part of the live show. Uh, but if you want to be with our group specifically, uh, I'm just curious to know how many people even would want to be. So now's the time to drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Uh, we're shooting uh, for this to be, I believe... Is it is it April? Is it? I think it's I think it's towards the end of April. I I have the dates. Uh, we're just trying to catch it uh, right after uh, spring break, which I think is over in March, right? I don't know. Anyway, if you're interested, let me know. Hey, listen, that uh, concludes our show for today. Make sure you tune in next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs>